you gotta handle the rock with flair and rhythm if you wanna be judged on wood brain and concrete courts in New York. This ain't no nickel and dime. It's dribbling dimes where scoring never looked this good. I guarantee it. But was your reputation built from the playground up? Or did you call next when they took that ish? Or cause you weren't as fast as police and ambulance sirens? Or as loud as Mr. Softy ice cream? No. You see, this is New York City hoops in prime time. As beautiful as the skyline, it's dribbling dimes. Fans, welcome to another episode of Dribbling Dimes. I'm your host, Manny Digital. My co-host, Emilio the Poet, couldn't be here today, so he sends his regards. With us today, we've got a Harlemite. This is probably one of the OGs of uh, of the Rucker as we know it today. I'll g- we'll get into that story in a moment. Um, the gentleman is regarded as one of the Hoops historians. Uh, I'd say that's still with us today. He's had a career as a referee in and around the city of New York. He also played himself quite a bit, actually. He happened to be uh, one of the first teams that Mr. Holcomb Rucker, God rest his soul, put together in the Tots division. Um, He's a graduate of Benedict College. Graduate? Graduate. Graduate. All right, good. I'm glad I got that right. He also played at Benedict College as well. Um, He considers himself a pupil of the great Holcomb Rucker. One, I heard you won the MVP at the uh, Philly Baker League back in the day when it was rough and tough. No, no, you know what, you know what happened. I tell you the truth, Manny. Yeah. During the regular season, we lost the championship. Mm-hmm. Now, I was always a guy that used to go down to Philly. My grandmother used to make bakes, and she used to have uh, iced tea for me, and uh, and she had the chicken. And I used to go down there just to look at the games. Yeah. Now, when we went down, they didn't have enough guys. So, a so guy. Wait, you there just as a spectator? Just a spectator. Okay. So enjoying the grub, watching the game. Just, just looking at the games. So a little guy that was a hell of a player before me, but he was one of the guys we all went down to Philly. His name was Wawa Jones. Mm. Okay. He said, "Man, hey man, get some. Let Ernie play." So they got me some, they got some shorts, they got me a jock, they got me sneakers, and I played. I played with this team uh, run by Donald Adams. He had his ball players, mm-hmm. and I was one of the guys that played. Wait, before you continue, that melodic, sultry voice you hear, ladies and gentlemen, that is Mr. Ernie Morris. Thank you for joining us, Mr. Morris. Okay, no I, problem. I know it was a little bit of a hurry trying to get here and get everything situated, but I really appreciate you making it out. So I didn't want to interrupt you, but continue, please. Okay. So I was I was able to have a good game that day. And, you know, you know, we found out many years later that uh, why Philly was always conquering us is they would have their ball players, many – Older, playing in the junior high school, mm-hmm. the high school, the college. They would have high school all-city guys playing in the junior high school game. Oh, um, okay. They, they, would have, they would have small college guys playing in the high school game. Right. And in the, and in the pro game, they, they would have guys that used to play in the Eastern Professional League. <laughs> you know, so that's how they used to do us, you know. But, yeah, hey. I got hip to it late, though. Yeah, we— Rucker got hip to it very late. Mm-hmm. And so we started having our our uh, guys who was in college playing in the junior high, uh, our college guys playing in the high, and then ball players that was playing in the in the in the Eastern Professional League, they play, you know, they play in the pro league, mm-hmm. you know. So that's how that went down. So wait, so did you get that MVP at some point down there? Well, I was fortunate enough to get the MVP that day because I had I had a pretty a pretty good game, mm-hmm. you know. And we had on our team, uh, we had um, Ron Jackson. He's no longer with us, but he was an outstanding player, mm-hmm. um, and uh, he was on the team. We had uh, Johnny Mathis, the coach at Kennedy High School. He was on the team, 
But Johnny was what we would call a SFCD, a Southern Fried Chicken dude. <laughs> and he was on the team. And I played against him in college because he went to um, he went to Savannah State. Okay. And he played every position that you could possibly have. He played guard. He played forward. He played center. He was the water boy. Everybody. Whatever. He was the whole team, if you ask me. And uh, what it ha- what transpired with Johnny many years later, he has diabetes like myself. Mm. And uh, he's had a lot of uh, difficulties by being in the hospital. And uh, he's still rolling. And uh, I talked to him not too long ago because he's back in the hospital. And he said he's going to coach again this year. Wow. Yeah. Where's he coaching these days? Coaching at Kennedy. Still there. Okay. Still at Kennedy. Wow. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Wow. Great guy. Love him like a brother. I mean, very outstanding. He's a SHOAD, a sweetheart of a dude. Man, Man, you know. Yeah. So much like yourself from from everything we've discussed and, and uh people people regard you as such. Um, Ernie, you, you grew up in Harlem. Um, you had the opportunity to play with on teams coached by Mr. Holcomb Rucker. Right. What what was that initial foray into basketball? Was it with Holcomb Rucker, or were you involved in basketball in some capacity? Well, before? I started playing outside ball, but then Rucker's uh, name carried such a great uh, advantage mm-hmm. that when he had when he had tryouts for his team, he might have four or five hundred guys trying out. Wow. You know, yeah, and I was I was fortunate enough to make the uh, first tot team. And what age bracket was that? Man, I was I was eleven years old, man. Mm. I was eleven years old, and I played with Ruck. Yeah, great guy. What 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 was the era then? Like what what are we talking? We talking sixties? We talking we talking in the fifties, home fifties. Wow. Yeah. 50s. What was the basketball landscape? You. I mean, if you had, if he had five hundred some odd people trying out, was that in the fifties also? Yes, sir. So then, I mean, he had, was real he, big. He had, he had a name, and they call them Saint C. And uh, they were coming. He had jackets made for the guys, a reversible, and everybody. Uh, one of my friends, a guy named Ralph Dunbar, he told me that man, yeah, man, the guys from Saint C, man, they thinking about going pro. <laughs> I say going pro. Wait, Saint C was the name of Rucker's team. Yeah, because okay. he worked at Saint he worked at Saint Phillips. Okay, but they call them Saint C. Okay, yeah. So you know, and uh, they going pro. Yeah, they're going pro. But realistically, you know, it was just a local local guys, and uh, what they had a great reputation in the neighborhood, you know, and uh, a lot of the guys had come from disadvantaged homes. Right. You know, they didn't have no mother, no father, you know, stuff like that. So they played with Rucker. Rucker was a great father figure for many of us. And Rucker's life was no B.O.R. B.O.R., ladies and gentlemen, was no bed of roses. He had it rough coming up, mm-hmm. you know. I think he had a grandmother, father, whatever. And it was rough for him. He had brothers, uh, and he had an older brother who was in the Army, you know. So his life was rough. All right, and uh, that's how that went down. But his his attraction to give back started from you know from what I've read and, and understand really early, and he's always been a fixture. You know, even, I mean by name now, but in the in the physical form, a fixture in Harlem, really just doing everything he could to help guide the youth toward better. You know, better futures. Right. I know you you partook in that and you benefited from that. Right. But do knowing him for so long, like you did, do you know where that came from? Like, what was it that drove him to be such a so focused at really helping his community? Well, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. Rucker strove to be a BP, a better person, Mm -hmm. because Rucker never graduated from Benjamin Franklin High School. And uh, he went to school. He went to get his high school and his college at the same time. Now, what hurt Rucker was he was a 
a CSD. You say, well, what's a CSD? Rucker was a CSD. He was a chain-smoking dude. <laughs> you understand? And little did we know back then, smoking, and we're finding out now, it was killing you. Mm-hmm. Remember, Mr. Rucker had a VSL, Manny. He had a VSL. He had a very short life. Mm-hmm. Rucker lived to only to be the age of 38 years. Wow. And in 38 years, he conquered a great deal. A great deal. Yeah. And uh, he had, he had uh, three children. He had a son. He had two sons and a daughter. You know? And, uh, yeah, that's what happened with Ruck. Wow, man. That's that's I mean when you put it in that perspective I didn't even realize that that is a really short life and VSL man he's got a I mean a legendary legacy very so yeah. so you're you're playing you're coming up you were playing with Rucker from eleven through the end of high school right I played with Rucker from the end to the end of high school and what high, what high school did you attend well let's let's talk about that what happened is. I uh, I went to three high schools, to tell you the truth. Uh, I was fortunate to get a scholarship to LaSalle Academy downtown 2nd Avenue and 2nd Street. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went there for two years. And scholastically, you had to, you know, B-I-Y-B, man, and you had to be in your books. Mm-hmm. But my focus was just, ba- my, my focus was basketball, I ate it, slept it, drank it, you know. It was everything to you. That was everything to me. All right? They had me start out with the freshman team. Okay. When I started out for the freshman team, they they moved me from the freshman team to the JV. I'm on the JV, right? They had me move from the JV to the varsity all in one year. I well, played on three was, teams. So, like, every every three weeks, they was bumping you. <laughs> every three weeks, I never lasted on a team until I got to the varsity. Okay. And uh, we lost we lost in the championship game to St. Francis Prep. And they had All-American Tom Stitt that went, went on to um, St. Bonaventure, mm-hmm. where he was an All-American up there. And uh, that started it. Was was the Catholic high school league back then as significant as you find it to be? Let's call it like in the nineties when it was really popping. Was it still a powerhouse? Well, the Catholic school, the Catholic school league was always a, a, was a top league, top okay. top top flight guys. There weren't too many guys going to uh, name schools, but they were there to get scholarships. The guys that played went on to have careers in smaller sco- small schools. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and and then when I came along, um, they had guys like uh, uh, Tony Greer, which went, to, went on to uh, become player of the year in the Catholic School League. He was, uh, he was doing my time. Miles Dorch from Saint from uh, Cardinal Hayes, mm-hmm. great player. And I played with with uh, Jerry Jerry Houston, and he he was a oh man, a great player. He went on to graduate. He went on to play at St. John's too. He okay. was he was excellent back in the day. And then so LaSalle, you mentioned you went to three high schools. No, no, fresh- I, that was just the first one. So, okay, so LaSalle, you did you r- ran up from freshman to to varsity. Within the span of a few months, yeah, yeah. And so you finished out that season. Yeah, you I played. Lost. I played at. I played at Lasalle two years. Okay, okay. All uh, right. Then I went. I went to George Washington High School, where Washington Heights. Yeah, Washington Heights, where you got more freedom. You see, at Lasalle, you had to had a shirt and tie every day, and you were restricted. And then they didn't have uh, NCAA, no chazips at all. <laughs> You know, What's a chizip? A chizip is a young lady. Okay. All right. So <laughs> All boys school. All, all boys. And then there, it was like being in uh, from rigid to 
whatever you want to do. To relax. You know, you know if you don't want to go to class, you, it was it was a restriction. I stayed up there two years, and then I graduated from the prestigious high school, Larnberg Institute in North Carolina. Larnberg was a school that had Sam Jones, mm -hmm. Jimmy Walker, Charlie Scott, Charlie Davis. You know, that school had multiple amount of uh, individuals where your last chance of succeeding and making something of yourself was to go to Larnberg Institute. And uh, restrictions, nothing but restrictions, and uh, study. So that that was kind of your 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 last chance, if you will, academically. So your your go you you going to Laurenburg wasn't a basketball decision; it was an academic one. Academic, you know, because uh, I didn't see um, the opportunity to graduate from high school. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went to Laurenburg just one year where I graduated. And then I, uh, I received a scholarship to uh, Benedict College because of the older fellas from, from uh, playing with Rucker. They went there, and they recommended I go there. It was, it was, a, it was a little small uh, black college. You know, yep. They had good teams, nothing great, but it's, it was a place where you could— eventually get a degree and that was the main goal how does a kid from new york end up in north carolina what were the like how did you even come to find out about Laurenburg? well there was a gentleman by the name of mr ollie edinburgh from the neighborhood and uh he was like ruckus guru mm -hmm. and he sent previously ball, ball players down to Laurenburg, and you hear stories about how Larnberg was, how they excel. And uh, that was like your LCIL, last chance in life to get a degree. So that that rumor, the rumor mill was already popping in your area. So oh, yeah. It yeah, was already yeah, understood. Yeah, like this is, yeah. if you find yourself in these circumstances, yeah. this is an opportunity for you to rebound. YLC, Manny, your last chance. Right. You know, so that's what happened. So you end up, at, so you graduate. I graduate from Larnberg. <laughs> And then I went to uh, Benedict College. Hmm. Uh, Benedict College had just won the the conference uh, championship oh, okay. before the year before I got there. And we had uh, Wall Simon, which turned out to be a very great player. He was all everything, all SIAC. Uh, they had Tim Shine, Timmy Shine, which was all SIAC. And so they were a known school to get ball players to come there. Mm -hmm. You understand? Right. And uh you know, and it, it was um it was a learning experience for me because when I first went to Larnberg and playing my freshman year, uh we didn't do that well. Uh but to make a long story short, you see when you from New York and you playing against guys like uh Ed Simmons, you playing against guys like Clinton Roberts, uh, Ed Simmons in 1957, he took his team to the uh, city championship. Hmm. His college years was at Virginia Union. Oh, okay. Charles Oakley's old school. That's how Char I know that's played. Yeah, Charles Oakley's old school. You know, so we've had guys that were great players in our, in our area. Yeah. Now, Ed Simmons is from Boys High. Okay, and they had like a a little uh, they had like a little uh, what they call that uh, a road where ball players from Brooklyn from uh, Boys High used to go down to Virginia Union. Right, they had Some, like the the pipeline. Your pipeline, right? Uh, guys like uh, Hugh Evans, he went to he went to A and T with mm -hmm. Al Adley. He was doing he was doing the time he went there. Now Al Adels. Al Adels. Wow, okay. Al Adels, the the uh, Golden State played, Warriors. Golden State Warriors. Legend. He was he was an exciting basketball player in the um, back in the day, hmm. and from A and T, he happened to get a a chance to make the pros, and he played with the with the Philadelphia Warriors. Hmm. You understand? In fact, he played with Will Chamberlain and Guy Rogers. 
Okay. And from there, he was fortunate enough to uh, to coach. He oh, got a right. chance to coach. Yeah. And now, last year, he made the HOF, man. He made the Hall of Fame. I know this. Okay. And he was a he great. Got a championship with Golden State, too. Yeah, he was yeah. the he was the first coach yeah, that won the championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, back in the day. When I played with Rucker, I was fortunate enough to play with the great Connie Hawkins. Ah, okay. Because Rucker got he 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 started a relationship with Connie's coach from Brooklyn, a policeman named Gene Smith. Mm-hmm. And what would happen is we would exchange. We would exchange basketball players from our area to go over to Brooklyn, and we had. I knew Connie Hawkins when he, ACP. He couldn't play. <laughs> and and the one year. Wait, so so between Gene Smith and Holcomb Rucker, they designed an exchange program of sorts between the boroughs here. Right. And you right. guys, okay, so yeah. so each one had an opportunity to play among the competition in those areas and right. come back. Okay, right, interesting. And we got we got Connie, and I I can remember now. I'm thinking back. Connie was a a big gangling young man that just rebound, mm-hmm. and I can remember he was our big man. You know, we take it off the boards, kick it out, Connie, and Connie was he was a great guy. I cry. When I think about Connie Hawkins and Roger Brown, because those guys never really got the chance to show their real greatness. Mm. I mean, okay, they still made THOF, the Hall of Fame, man. They were that great. And the Hawk, one summer he was a big man, and just, you know, the next year he was – he was all city. Then the next year, he was AA, all American. He could DIA, man. He do it all. He was spectacular. Spectacular. You so know, would, would you say he's one of those, like, when you think back about all the basketball you've seen, if you had to play back like a highlight reel, is he a predominant figure in that highlight reel? Oh, without a doubt, Manny. <laughs> He was, he was what they used to call the Ola of Dulas. <laughs> Do you have any idea where that came from? Well, you know, <laughs> I P I U. I picked it up. You understand? <laughs> and you know, it just it's just it just stuck. Hey, Roger Brown, Viva Zapata, <laughs> and I'm telling you, you know, you go back. How did I pick it up? Yeah, going back to the days of. The movies. If you could remember uh, Marlon Brando mm-hmm. in Viva Zapata, and he was called. His name was Emiliano Zapata. He was a great warrior, a great Mexican warrior. Okay. And so I used to categorize those individuals like the Hawk, Roger Brown. Those guys was fantastic. Hmm. You understand? Wait, wait, so you uh you've hit us with a lot of acronyms. Yeah. Right. I I I'm gonna call you the king of acronyms. Well, because you do it so fluidly. Well, you know, Where you know, you know, from? you know how that started. Mm. That started JBC, my man, just by chance. Yeah. <laughs> I just PIU out of the CBS. The CBS man is the clear blue sky. I picked it up. And, you know, when I used to go to school and the teachers used to come off and they used to say things, and I used to say, HGB, Holly Gully Babe, <laughs> HGD, Holly Gully Dude, right. and I, I and I, I've been doing that AML Manny all, all my, my life. life. In fact, I could tell you I had my own cable show MYA many years ago. Really, what was it about? About EDL. EDL Manny is everyday life. Okay, basketball is not like it used to be. In what regard? In what regard, Manny? The parks, the parks, nobody's in the parks. Nobody, in order for you to be an authentic basketball player, you got to be like my man, Tiny Skate Archibald. Now, I remember meeting Tiny when he was a VYD, very young dude. Mm. And Tiny was a guy that would work out. 
he would go and do six miles at Yankee Stadium Jesus. with a backpack that oh, had bricks. weight weight on it. <laughs> you understand? And that's how he became such a great player, by just working out. And, you know, you read. you got to read stories about all great people. Yeah. You understand? you got to, like, if I was to tell you at ABCD camp, I told Kobe Bryant's father, I say, your son look like he's going to be an APD, all pro dude. And his father just laughed. And sure enough, Kobe Bryant was an APD, all pro dude. So Rich Kosick was on this show. I know he's a good friend of yours. He's right. actually who introduced me to you. Right. Um, and he he went through the history of ABCD camp. Now, mm-hmm. I know you mentioned you kind of got into ABCD camp a little later. Yeah. But when you – so that story is a very interesting one, right? You see a young Kobe Bryant, and you can tell right right off, off top, this guy is going to do some amazing stuff. How many people would you say that you had that sense for as you were witnessing them at, at the camp? Uh I mean, you had standout after standout coming through there, but, like, there had to be some that you were just like, this is a no-brainer. Kobe Bryant, at 14, he was a great player then. Mm. All right? Um, they had Sebastian Telefair yep. out there when he was a very young player. He just walked on. He just came out there one time, and he played great, made the all-star team and everything. But you see, in New York City, once you, once you get a reputation as a player, not an ordinary player, but a great player, right. your, your concentration, now you have women in your life and you got guys, you have drug dealers and um, they all want you to play on their teams. Now, look what happened to um, Sebastian Telefair. Yeah. He was he made... All city, all American, you understand? But he never practiced his craft, Manny. Mm. He was not good in, you couldn't say, what is he good in? What is his feel? What is he known to excel in? He was a good shooter, fair shooter, whatever. But he never went to college to pick up years. And, you know, living out there in Coney Island, all you got to do is, you know, pick up a reputation and, hey, they're going to pay you to play, and Shazip's going to be there. You know, hey, Manny. It's it's interesting because, um, you know, I hear a lot of folks, I call them the, the probably wrong to say, but like the forefathers of basketball, at least from my event. I'm 38, 39. Okay. okay. So for me, you know, players from the 80s, 70s, those are the folks that I have some connection with just from being able to watch them. Right. right. 40s, 50s. All you hear is the legend. It's hard for you to come by footage or anything like that. So that's yeah. more distant for me, which is why I love having you because you were there. Right. Um, but you look at, you know, even in the 80s to now, right, a player in those days really had to be uh, constantly working, right? Yep. And, and they many times, not just – in their craft of basketball, but many times they would have to, you know, they had chores in their houses. Like they had, yeah, you know, they were stars in their own right, but yeah. they also had other responsibilities that a lot of these child, kids nowadays yeah. don't necessarily get exposed to. It's like, oh, you, there's, there's an inkling that you might be a, 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 you might have an opportunity to go pro. That's they, they skip college. Yeah. Parents are thinking about, oh, you might be the next LeBron James. Yeah. We're going to get you a trainer. You're going to be practicing this day in and day out. And that's all they focus on. But they forget about how you make that person more well-rounded. When you look at the landscape today, right, you see athletes coming up. What is is your biggest concern with how they're being brought into basketball? Well, you know, I see um, back in, in the day, you used to have neighborhood teams. All right. You used to have maybe your block teams and all. You you have a, you have you have teams. Your crew. You have your crew of guys that could play. So y'all go into various tournaments and everything. What has happened? I tell you what hurt basketball in New York City. Um, various organizations. Case in point, 
uh, Riverside Church. Mm-hmm. Riverside Church, the Gauchos, those were uh, institutions that would get ball players and take ball players from your neighborhood to play with them in various tournaments. Mm-hmm. So the team that you got from the block would get depleted because they're taking over by ball players that you've lost that when you go in a tournament, I'm going to be short of Manny. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be short of Bobby. And, and we go in the tournament, and you play with us, man, we kill these guys. Right. Guy, Mike Tyneberg, back in my time, he had a team they called the Gems. Howie Garfinkel had just passed. He had a, he had a team also. And so at the end of the season, all the All-City guys, some of the guys was on your team, they play with the various All-Star teams. Mm. So these guys started it, and they started it by, with Riverside, they used to take the kids to Arizona. Now, you yeah. never had a chance to go to Arizona. Right, right. So they're going to give you sneakers, gear, and they're going to give you a little bit of money also, Manny. So you're going to, hey, man, I can't blame the guys because they're getting exposed to something that they've never seen. Of course. Okay? But, but how much of that, and I I tend to agree with this discussion, right? So you have these these powerhouse organizations that come, and now they kind of disrupt the neighborhood aesthetic of basketball. And so teams are getting depleted. Now there's a, a bigger concentration of a bunch of standouts from all over, right? And not just New York City. Sometimes they import, you know, they bring them in from all over. Um, but how much of that also, so like if I'm playing devil's advocate, this is also, you could say, the evolution of the business of the game, right? Because, okay. because now the monetization of an athlete, granted, maybe in the 80s, 70s, it wasn't really that apparent. Okay. But when you look at it, late 90s, maybe even mid-90s, there was an acceleration of like how rapidly the checks were flying from all over, at all levels. So you kind of have to look at it and say, it's almost like survival of the fittest to an extent, right? If you're an athlete coming up and you come from disenfranchised, unfortunately, backgrounds, this is my way out. Mm -hmm. And those checks are coming. Yeah. You can't blame the athlete, but the, the culture of basketball changes so drastically. It changed so much that when you go into a team, or uh, maybe they might have two of your players, and they all playing against you now. Right. But you still got your small core of individuals. Right. So now you got the MZBOT. You got the Mozambique on them. You understand, Manny? <laughs> tell me, tell me what that means. What's the Mozambique? Mozambique was an island. Yep, yep. Uh, that's an island, and. With uh, Charlie Palmieri and Eddie pa- uh, Eddie Palmieri, mm-hmm. it was the music, and it uh, goes, you know, so when you play against these guys, and say like I'm a coach, I usually like to play. I'm the underdog, yeah. and I would give my ball players incentive, and tell them, CIO, clear it out, Mozambique. Rock, baby, rock. And I would give my ball players the incentive. And they would, we didn't win a lot of times, but we always placed. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we played. So you give your ball players incentive. Where another guy ain't going to give them the same kind of uh, anyway. motivation that, that you would give. Right. You understand? So that's what you would do. Hmm. And, and when you look at, so would you call New York still the mecca of basketball? Oh, man, he, I wouldn't say that now, Manny, because you know a lot of these guys we we've lost we've lost a lot. In what the, regard? Like you mean the talent? Or? The, well, like I said, we've lost a lot in talent. Okay. The better ball players, they're going to play. Ah, uh, they're going to play, or they might they might leave New York and go away to play high school ball. Yeah. You understand? Mm-hmm. Now, when I look back, and you ask me about ball players. One of the greatest high school basketball players that I've ever saw in my life. I've had a, a, quite a few. But as we talk, I'm thinking about Kenny Anderson. Now, when Kenny Anderson was in high school, Manny, he was the Viva Zapata of ball players. Okay. He would pachanga. Remember, he was all city 
In his freshman year in high school, he was All-City first team four years in a row. Yeah, that's really difficult. You know, and that's very difficult. Roger Brown was also that type of a player. Mm -hmm. He was an outstanding ball player. You dig what I'm saying? And he, he could do it. But Roger was just, you know, real nice guy, a real pleasant person. Okay. You know? And uh, when Kenny Anderson, you see, what led him astray was a uh, big time a drinking problem. Yeah. His yeah. mother, his mother, going back, his mother was an alcoholic, man. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, I don't know about no father figure, man. Say, man, you got to stay straight, man. Come on, man. You dig what I'm saying? And you don't know. You don't know what befalls an individual in this house. You don't know what, what is happening. Remember, from, from high school, you went to play with Bobby Cremens down at uh, Georgia, Georgia Tech. Tech. Mm -hmm. He only laid there two years, Manny. Right. Two years. But, you, you, you know, you need to filter on your education. It's one thing to be a great player, but you've got to filter into your education. Let, let me, so speaking on that point, you went to Benedict College. Yeah. You graduated from Benedict College. Right. Once graduated, well, maybe even beforehand, your plan wasn't, let me see if I can go pro in in the league, nothing like that. You would like, all right, let me get this degree and go get me a job Manny, somewhere. when I, I could tell you a story, Manny. Tell me, please. I could tell you a story that will BYM, Manny. Blow my mind. Blow your mind. When I was in high school, and I went to my first year in college, all right, um, now, the ball players was all right, Manny, but I knew, you know, hey, all I wanted to do was just get uh, playing time. And my playing time was cut short at Benedict in my first couple of years. Manny, to the point where, and I can honestly tell you, this is from being honest with you, I started using uh, Robitussin AC. Mm. Robitussin AC was like with Codeine. Okay, yeah. And codeine, you know, codeine had that drug. I mean, you see the drug addicts, you see drug addicts out here now. Yeah. And uh, when you when you see them, I could still but talk to you like you would talk to me, and I could tell you, you would say, hey, Ernie, how you doing? You know, man, I'm trying, trying, I'm trying to make it a man. Right. You know? I played, I played using in, in the four years I was in college, three of those years, I was on Robitussin AC because it took away my playing, my love for the game. Hmm. And dig this, being on Robe, I still play tough down here. You understand? And that's why I could look back and say, when I talk to individuals, I tell them, man, hey, man, being from New York, all you want to do is go there, play, and try to get your grades. But any restriction that will take you away from excelling and doing the things that you would like to do, you're AMU, man, and you're all messed up. Mm. Yes, I was on roll for three of the four that I was in college. I was like, you know. And that man. was just recreational drugs, or, or was it for no, other purposes? It, it was like, uh, when I look back, that was HCACD, HCD. Hardcore drugs. Mm -hmm. You understand? You know, you, you're not getting, and that's why, and I look back on it, um, is that the reason that I got many years later, got uh, diabetes? Mm. When you look back on life? Right. Because as we speak, I can honestly tell you, Manny, life is tough out there. Mm -hmm. Hey, I don't find out I don't find out when I'm going through drama every day, man. It was like NMA, Manny. NMA, my brother's like Nightmare, Nightmare Alley. Alley. <laughs> Nightmare Alley. When I, I graduated and I thought when I graduated, right? I thought, "Hey, things going to be looking up. I'm going to get me a job." But little did I know. They tell you when you graduate, this is OTB, Manny. What's that? Only the beginning. Yeah. Manny, TBA to be alive and BABD, be a black dude, and trying to get you ADJ, a dino job, HAH, Manny, hard as hell. 
<laughs> yeah, you laughing, man, but it's really, it's really real. Nah, the acronyms will make know? me laugh. Yeah, but it's real, Manny. It's so, real. So you, so right, because you, you coming out of college and you're like, all right, once I achieve this, I get this degree. Yeah. Things should be relatively smooth sailing for me, and you found that out real quick. Wasn't the case. I couldn't get a job, man. And 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 uh, you know, I was raised by my paternal grandparents. They raised me, mm-hmm. and I when I could, when I look back at it, I could, I kiss, I could kiss the ground that my grandmother's on. I could kiss the ground that my grandfather's on, because they made me be the person that I am today. Mm-hmm. Now. I knew my biological mother and father. My mother, great lady. My father played basketball with the great John Isaacs in high school, mm. but he never showed me exactly how to play. Never showed me nothing. Everything that everything that came out of his mouth was, I was never going to be nothing. Wow. I said, what? Wow. Hey, never told me I-P-O-Y. You know what I-P-O-Y is, Manny? No. I'm proud of you. Oh. You're, you're a great dude, man. YCDI, you could do it. Everything was, told y'all he wasn't going to be nothing. Yeah, okay. So I made sure that I got my degree. And to this day, I made sure that I worked with youngsters, helped them out. They need financial assistance. You know, try to help them because I know how hard life is out there, Manny. So you, but, so you, you eventually got yourself a gig and you've been instrumental in the communities that you've worked to help the youth in a variety of capacities. How, how did that transpire? I worked in the community. I worked in the in the after school centers. Okay. Worked in the evening centers. Worked in the VDC, vacation day camps. You know, instructing, helping all my life. I don't know nothing else but that. Guy might have a problem. He called him. Yeah, you have a problem? Yeah. I got a guy. He used to hang out with the with the drug dealers and everything. But he he had some problems, and he actually thought he was uh, GTJ. GTJ Manny was going to jail. He had me write a letter for him. I helped him out. He played for me, and when he played for me, I didn't like the guy at all because he's originally from Millbank, <laughs> and Millbank is a is a center where you know it's opposition. Yeah, yeah. You rivals. Know? Yeah. So he played. He came into the pro. I used to work for this. In this program, Each One, Teach One. Oh, yeah. With this guy, Bob, Bob McCullough. Bob McCullough, yep. I went to school with him, all right? He was he was a BTS, big-time star and everything, yeah. but he came from another school. He came from Wiley College in Marshall, Texas. He sat out a year and played. But we also had this guy, Timmy Shine. Timmy Shine was a star before McCullough. Hmm. Now, when I was in college, we led the nation in scoring, the whole country, in my junior year. We MZP'd OP'd. Mozambique'd on people. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Dancing on them. We KEB'd. Killed everybody. You know, but but you find out going to school, there's so many ball players that you say, oh my God. So you had to be OIG on your game. Mm-hmm. You got to bring it. In those days, Tennessee A&I State with uh, Dick Barnett. Oh, okay. They they won the they won the NAIA tournament, which is like the NIT. They won it three years in a row. All right, Dick Barnett played for uh, John McClendon, and they work you to death. He work you to death. You understand? He make sure you bis be in shape, Manny, and that's the key to life. Yeah, in that's the key to life. Of life that you benefit from that for sure. Oh, Manny, when you play. You, you can run. You can run three games. That's probably why I never made it very far. Cause my running game was trash. <laughs> Is it, your running game? I can't. L A L T B D. Probably. You know L A L T B D. Left a lot to be desired. Oh yeah. Oh yeah yeah. 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 But all it took, Manny, and I was like you. I didn't want to, man. But then after I found out the importance right. of being in Behind shape. It. Yeah. Yo, Manny. You could go for two and three days, man. All you got to do, when I used to train for the marathon, right, I'm going to tell you that my marathon times was HGMs, Holly Gully Moves. Mm. I used to teach in Brooklyn. And before I used to go to work, I used to get up early, like 1, 2 in the morning, and I used to run 
I go over to the Yankee Stadium. I do five, five before I go to work. I run five, come back, shower. Then I have to go all the way to Brooklyn. Now, when I get off, I'm riding the train back to the city. But on my way back home, Manny, I was beat to the gills. Of course. Zombied out in the train. Zombiezy, magnesi. <laughs> yeah, Manny. So, you know, that's the key, B. So you um you had a hand in a lot of different things. You've coached yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. You spent how many years refereeing? Oh, man. I got into uh, refereeing LIL. Late in life. Late in life. Okay? Late in life. Um, you were still a fit dude, so you can run up and down that court no problem. Yeah, I could, I could still do that, you know. But my mind, refereeing wasn't in it, Manny. But mm. you see, what happened is they closed the centers up. Yeah. And when they closed the centers, you know, YNB, Manny, you need bank. So I'm not going to rob you of your ducky duck diesels. Right. <laughs> I'm a ref. I ref high school. I, I never had aspirations to go into hierarchy. All I just want to do is make a ALBOC a little bit of cash, and I'm GTG, good to go. Mm -hmm. So high school is the farthest I got to. And, you know, that's all I was looking forward to. You understand? And, uh, you know, and this was after the centers closed. Right. Because the centers, they close the centers down because, you know, you, you're, you're, you're a black dude. Why, even a white dude, man, they, start, they, they see you as making too much money. You know, I worked in the VDC, vacation day camps. Yeah. You know, I had, to, I, had to, um, I had to get me, I had to get me some ducats because ain't nobody going to give you nothing out there, man. Mm -hmm. You know, you, yeah. You got to go get it. And you got to go get it. Yeah. Yeah. They never said uh, life was going to be easy. Mm -hmm. they, they never give you an opportunity where uh, YCB, you could breathe. Every day, man, you know, like I had a couple of dollars. And I saw an MBA. My bank account was, was slowly dwindling. Mm -hmm. my, my bank account was slowly dwindling. I had to go back, and, and uh, I got future, future ducats, FOA for old age. I, got to, I had to break. I had to go down and, and take out money so I could, you know, TTSA, try to stay alive. Ain't nobody. Can I come to you, Manny, and say, hey, Manito, can I get me a couple of dalitos? And you tell me. IDTS, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. IDBMS, I'm doing bad myself. Right, right. I'm, I'm just trying to do these radio shows where I can get me a COD, a couple of Dalitos. <laughs> but I honestly say, I don't know if you could pick this up. When you meet a person, you could tell right away if this guy is ARP or a KND. ARD is all right, dude. Or KMD, a Nifnod person. <laughs> Nifnod. A Nifnod. Nifnodski. Nifnizi. <laughs> you know, and I'm not even going to say that other word, uh, right, you know, right, right. SB. <laughs> yeah, man, but you could pick it up. I say, hey, and it has happened to me all my life. I could tell if you're a, a, a VGP. And you have shown me that you are AGP, MM. You know what that is? A great person, my oh, man. man. Thank yeah, you. You're, Thank you're you. great. And I can see by your laughter, you're, you're a VHD, very handsome dude, man, oh, you know. You. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I can see that you're a good guy. But I could also have seen if you was a, uh, you know, uh, suspect kind of uh, guy. HGD, yeah, holy yeah, gully yeah. dude. Yeah. You know, I've done things. We'd be out here too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They out here. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I've done, I've done uh, documentaries. Mm -hmm. I was in, uh, this guy, Barbito Garcia. Oh, I love Barbito. I've done, I've done a documentary for him. Uh, doing it, doing Put it, in it the park? and I was in that. I gotta go look at. I bought that thing. Yeah. I loved it so much. Yeah. I gotta look at that again. Well, you'll see me in there. Damn, I could have used yeah. that in the intro. But you see, but you see, back then it was no, it was no, it was no acronyms or nothing. It was just you know telling it like it is. Yeah, yeah. You know, it ain't come. You, know, you ain't gonna be. It's, this is this is NYS, not your show. Right. Yeah. Just tell it like it was. Yeah, I'm in there a couple of times, you know. But uh, uh, Barbito's a good guy. Yeah. But he had this guy, Kevin, from France. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His partner in the film. Kevin. A-R-G-G, -G, a real great guy, Manny. A real great guy. He did a great show, Manny. He did a great job. And if it wasn't for Kevin, 
Bob Pito would have done this, sh- got, got his show off, but having man, having having Kevin, Kevin is a great guy, man. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, we had a, we had a what you call it? Um, they had like what what they call that when you go to the movies and a screening, screening, yeah, and got Pee Wee Kirkland talk about Kevin like he and Bobito never came to his aid man said yo man this is T-I-M-M this is my man yeah yeah hey without this without him you wouldn't be here FTS for the show right DSN ABK don't say nothing about Kev (laughs) hey T-I-M T-I-M-L-R this is my life raft, Manny. Right, right, right. Hey, he helped me from across the waters. Hey, it's going to be MMM for life. My main, main man for life. Come That's on. Dope. That's dope. Hey. dope. Before, before we wrap, I want to hear from you, Ernie. Top, you, I'm sure you get the question all the time, especially with your experience and just you know general knowledge of the game. You've been associated with the New York game for so long. Who do you, would you say if you had to pick? I know this is tough. Man, you pick asked a top me three. Before. You asked me before. You, if you could get a top, I don't want you to give me one. I want you to give me top three cats that you think was like, I mean, the most significant in your mind as it pertains to New York City basketball. Well, you know, Manny. And if you got to do five, you got to do five. But I, w- I want to hear a few. Uh, in my lifetime, I've seen so. Many guys. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't pick out. I can't give you five. I can't give you ten. It's so many guys. Long list. You know. Now we've had great players. Great players. One of the guys. One of the guys I have to say is is the Hawk when he was coming up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Another guy. Another guy. If you want to put him at positions, you okay. ask me about him, and. When I think back about it, there's so many guys. You, you know, when I be watching guys play, uh, they never mention Elgin Baylor. Mm, that's and true. Manny. That's true. You know how great he was? He was the sabros of all sabrositos. He was scoring 50, 60 back in the 50s, Manny. Wow. Manny, he was, hey, Pachonguito. He get 30, 35, <laughs> 72 on you. They make it like they they look at you look at him now like ah ah mm-hmm. he's an he's an ND nothing dude right. we had a guy named Clinton Roberts great player great 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 player the drug game overtook a whole lot of guys Manny the drug game I can't mention uh one because there's a billion guys mm-hmm. how was his game Sobrozo. hey Mozambique. Viva Z. Yeah, I coached Sam Worthen when he first got out of school. Sam Worthen, they say he couldn't shoot. Now, if you were a coach, you tell him you have got to take 12 to 15 J's a day. In this game, you got to shoot 12 to 15. Yeah. You, you got to, you got to, yeah. So, Sam, I want you to go out, G O A P, go out and practice. I had Steve Burke, explosiveness. You understand? He couldn't do this. He couldn't do that. Very great player. I had uh, Kevin Willpower, um, Kevin Williams. He was a crazy guy, but he could put (laughs) points on the board. He could drop them. You understand? Remember, when you look back at his life, he made the pros without even starting the St. John's, Manny. That's insane. Hey, Manny. He was, you know, but when they played for me, you know what I did with them? They're very emotional type players. So what I did, got the basketball and told them, G-O-A-P. You know what that is, right? Go out and practice. Go out and play. Go out and play. Hey, the NCO, they never came out. They dropping 35 to 40 a game, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So wait, so how long did you coach Steve Burke? Steve Burke was on the show a while back. On your show? Yeah. Okay. The senior. Okay. And I I mean, we, we... Spoke a lot about yeah him coming up. What's what's a memory of of you coaching him that stands out? Uh, just like I said, when he played for me, RBR, RBR, Rock Baby Rock. Ah. 
Yeah, he'll tell you. Fly. Yeah. Who? You let him go. Yeah, let him go. Yeah. Just go out and play. And buckets and bunches. Buckets and bunches. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He never, he played pro, you know what I'm saying? But he did most of his uh, destructiveness overseas, mm-hmm. but over there. Yeah. You know, and he didn't play, he didn't play long, you know what I'm saying? But even though he's in his 50s or whatever now, he can still, he can still drop, he can still drop, he can still drop him, you know? And, and Steve, he came up rough. Yeah, he told me. Life wasn't easy for him. Uh, he lost his parents early. Yeah, it wasn't easy. But he, I mean, if you want you want a guy to give you, uh, he's there. He's there with you. He'll fight for you. He'll fight with you. Steve Burke. Yeah. 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 That's good yeah. dude, man. Yeah. Check him out at My Haven High School, by the way. All those listening, if you can, he's he's doing a hell of a job over there. He's over there with Wendell Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Wendell Ramsey, they over there. Yeah. You understand? And Wendell Ramsey played in the program. You know, good guy. Went to college. Finished up at Winston Salem. All explosive guys that could do it. I mean, do it. I mean, do it, you know. And so what we have, Manny, is guys that have come up the hard way, and they give. They have given back, Yeah. you know. Now, when we talk about guys giving back, uh, my man Skate Archibald, he's giving back, man. He's giving back tremendously. He's, try, he's still trying to get guys into college on the, on the DL, wow. on the down low, wow. you know. And he's always trying to do things, you know. He he sponsored the New York Philadelphia game this past summer at at Sam Raymond. No, at Millbank. Oh, they at, have one too. Okay, at, at Millbank Center. Yeah, he put up the cat, got the trophy, did everything. Great guy. I mean, he's not he's not an outgoing kind of guy. Look at you, yeah. you know, hey, you know. But he's a, a sweetheart of a person. That's what I've I, heard. I've I've gone. I was his assistant coach. I was one of the coaches that went up to Boston. We used to go up to Boston, you know. And Boston at the time had that tournament was great, hmm. you know, run by Pepsi Cola or Coca Cola. Man, and you get up there, they look out for you. They, they warm you up with gear, give you gear. You understand? Uh, they had lunches for you, and the, and the, and the games was nonstop uh, action. Non-stop to the max. Do you do you get out much these days to watch high school basketball in and around the city? NTM, not too much. Mm. You know, not too much because uh, times have changed. True. You can't go into these schools like how you used to. Hey, they they want like I came in here. And I had to bring my I had to bring my my birth my my, my passport. passport yeah. you know, they, <laughs> you know, so, yeah. So that's why I don't go. Got you. you know, so it's mostly what you catch is on TV, and it's usually college. And it's not, and, and, and it's not too many games on TV. Right. We had a guy, we had a guy that worked for. Uh, he was a great guy. Costa could tell you, he worked for MSG, Madison Square Garden. He would tell you exactly who you want to see, the high, top high school players. Yeah, he was a great guy. They got rid of him. The the the, the, the papers they just. They just they forgot about yeah, high school no, basketball. It's, it's real sad. Yeah, I think so. When you talk about the flight, so you know, back to is New York still the mecca of basketball? The attention I spoke to, I can't remember his name, but I spoke to a gentleman, and he he brought that up. He was like, the media doesn't cover it yeah, yeah, yeah. now. It's social media, yeah. right? And you can get that anywhere, so you don't have to be attached to a program yeah. locally anymore. And since yeah. the magnifying glass is no longer yeah. from a media perspective on these programs, yeah. For them, it's like, all right, the national spotlight is where it's at. So I'm going to go to Oak Hill or wherever. And that, I mean, it's a, it's a shame. What's the name, son? What's the name, son? Cole Went Anthony? To, uh, what's the name? Cole Anthony? Cole Anthony. Yeah. He he was like all city here and everything. For his last year, he went to Oak Hill. Yep. He went to Oak Hill. And he's down there right now at uh, North Carolina, you know. Did he pick? He picked it, right? He, he picked, picked North he, Carolina. Yeah. He picked North Carolina. He's right. there now. Right. Yeah. So you know, hey, it worked for him. GLTH. Good luck to him. Yeah. Because Manny, TPG, TPG Manny, the pro game. Oh my God. <laughs> Manny, you got to be in. You know, you might have to run ten to twelve miles a day. You had yeah. You got to be yeah, IS. You got to be in shape. Yeah. You got to get POR, man. You got to be in, you got to get plenty of rest. And you got to be, hey, hopefully, YDGH, you don't get hurt. 
Manny. Yeah. Manny. I mean, they paying you. They paying you guaplito, guaplito. Yeah. They paying you. My man, what's his name? Zion. Zion Williamson. He, he, you know, he LTH. He, he LTE. What's that? He loves to eat. Yeah. <laughs> and he in the perfect place for that. Hey, in per- I mean, Manny, no, they going to give you gumbo. I mean, Manny. Hey, Zion. D-E-T-M-M-M. Don't eat too much. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because he's a big guy. He's already a husky cat. Yeah. Already. You know? So I just wish him the best. Yeah, me too, man. I just want nothing but the best for all these guys. Because... Uh, YPL, IVS. Your pro-life is very short. How do you see New York basketball potentially coming back? What do you think it would take? <sighs> or, or is it lost in the way we knew it? I would say, Manny, for some people, for some people, it's going to be all right. But it's not going to be like it used to be because the um, the people that that gave a lot, things have dried up. I mean, you're still going to have the sneaker companies mm-hmm. and they're going to still do a, a dino job and getting this and that, you know. But there's no more ABC. Ain't no more ABCD. That's like, that's going with the wind. You know, there's no more five star. That's all dried up, Manny. You know, there's no more Howie Garfinkels. And uh, and Sonny Vaccaro, hey, do you know when I was out to when I was a counselor out at ABC, man, we stayed out. We stayed. I had my own room. The camp in itself was great. The camaraderie was great. And all you had to do was be a good ball player, man. And they ship you. Sonny had so much money, man. We every meal, every meal that I had at ABCD was ADM. Hey, dino meal. meal. Oh, hey, hey, Manny. Steaks. Lobster and shrimps. No, no, no nothing like that. But, <laughs> but Manny, you was, every meal was in the morning grits, uh, biscuits. And, wow. Uh, oh, man. He took care of everything. Sausages, lunches, uh, vivas or parties. <laughs> yeah, Manny, every every meal. And, and then coming back, the kids will come back at night and have snack nights. Hey, Manny, you going to the spoiled. room? Y'all were spoiled, man. Manny, I tell you, when I left there, I, I, I went to the side and say, first of all, I thank Cossack. Yeah. I said, TYVM, thank you very much. So he said, I should have brought you on earlier. Mm. Hey, look here. At least you gave me ASOL. A shot of life. Manny, I, I, I was like, I couldn't believe it. And, and the talent that was coming through. And there, then man. the talent. That's... All great players, all good players. You know, hey. Manny, it was a great experience. It's a, be- it's you a know, beautiful day. I could put that on the resume. Counselor yeah. at ABCD basketball camp with the great Sonny Vaccaro. Yeah. And Sonny Vaccaro was a nice person. He treated you, you know. I hear he still is. I hate he's still doing his thing. Yeah, he's I mean, still, as far yeah. as being a nice person. Oh guy. yeah, 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 yeah. But but you know you know Manny, when you get that kind of bank, when you get when you got when you got zillions around you, you and I we ain't never had no zillions nah. of ducats. Nah. Cause you know if we had zillions of ducats, we gonna get we gonna get dino guys to work the program. Right. I'm gonna see why you. You know what that is right. No. I'm gonna call you up, Manny. G A J F Y. Got a job for you. Yeah. And all the guys I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have all my guys, BDWM, be down with me, you know, NBS man. Man, you making me work. I'm over here trying to figure these out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Manny, I'm a, I'm an LOFY. Look out for you, <laughs> because I seen this morning that you're a VNP, TTMT, very nice person to the max too. Appreciate that, man. Yeah, man. No, no, but that's, I'm only doing the three T's. You know what three T's are? Nah. Come on, think about it. The three T's? Three T's. Nah. Telling the truth, Manny. <laughs> you laughing and shit, but it's the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, Ernie, man, I, I really appreciate the time. It was a joy and look to, here, to hear from you. This experience that you led me to, hey, man, BMMMM, 
blew my mind, my man. Oh, I'm so yeah. glad, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm good. so glad. It was very nice. And on, and on that note, we're going to get up out of here. Thank y'all for listening to this episode. Hope y'all enjoyed it as much as we did. Peace. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dribble and Dimes. If you like what you heard, please leave a review or comment wherever you're listening to us now. Check us out on social media as well. We're live on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. On all platforms, you can find us at D-R-I-B-B-L-E-N-D-I-M-E-S.